Hello there, everybody. Welcome back out to the Bonner Show. And first off, I want to thank you for listening and being a part of this journey with us. We have, as always, uh, in-house with us today, Scott Gill. Scott, give him a big hi. Let him know you're hi, here. Hi, everybody. I'm here. Happy to be here. <laughs> Happy to be here. Uh, well, good. We have a. I I think we have a pretty sweet slate going on uh, this week, Scott. I, obviously, with the Pro Bowl not happening last week. Uh, there's nothing really to talk about from last week was the senior bowl. Um, I didn't watch it, but I heard some, some things about it and some highlights, but, um, this week we're going to cover the super bowl. It's super bowl Sunday this week. We're going to be covering the super bowl who we have as our picks. We're going to cover DraftKings from last week, just a tiny bit. Also some potential trades that are going on. And then I think we're going to do the big three today. So if, if we get to that point, we'll have some big three going on and, and we'll see how it goes. But let's just dive right into Super Bowl Sunday, Scott. Um, Kansas City is uh, they're the three point favorite in this game. Uh, the over under is 57 points. Who do you have in this game? What are some of your thoughts about this game? Is this is the pinnacle of the year? This is this is what every team's been fighting for. What what are some of your thoughts for this game? Well, I have a lot of thoughts, especially just about the the line in general and the over-under. 57 feels like a ton of points, doesn't it? Yeah, that's 30 and 27 in a Super Bowl. That just seems kind of crazy. I mean, I mean, they, in general, like, both these teams are capable of scoring that, and I wouldn't be shocked if it happened. It just usually seems like the over-under is closer to, like, around 50 points so it feels like they are just expecting the Vegas odds makers are are counting on some fireworks to happen which we haven't really seen too much of in the Super Bowl or in the playoffs so far this year so I I mean I would love to see it obviously I'm a big fan of the overs always being hit I um I have some (laughs) some thoughts just about um some some different prop bets would you like me to go over some of the prop bets like surrounding the players and also like some of the other random ones or do you want me to do that later? oh that would be do you want me to do that later before we analyze the game no let's dive in uh let's analyze the game and then go over the prop bets then we can kind of give our our dish on the on the game here okay sounds good so just some some anecdotes or insights i feel like are are important to to cover um for the game the chiefs are probably going to be missing mitchell schwartz their offensive tackle which he was obviously a huge part of the the Super Bowl win last year and has been a huge part of their success in giving Mahomes enough time to throw, especially with how good the the Bucks' pass rush has been the last few weeks. That's a point of concern. They they might also be missing um, another interior lineman, Daniel Kilgore, because he was in contact with with COVID this week. So they're not sure yet whether they have him for that game. The main the main thing I'll be watching for this game is is how does Tampa Bay adjust to cover Tyreek Hill because they certainly didn't do any of covering Tyree Kill the first game. I mean, he had 200 yards in the first quarter and already three touchdowns. I'm not sure what they're going to do, whether they're going to blitz more and not let him get down the field for big plays. Tampa only had two sacks all game in that first game. So I I, I don't know how many they're going to need to win, but I would assume they're going to need at least like four or five to to consistently stop the – stop the Kansas City offense right off the bat or I guess just giving my pick I have I have the Chiefs covering the spread and the over actually being hit on this game you know something that I've heard from somebody recently who's a a professional better I can't remember his name but I, I was listening to him on the radio he said when you're betting on the Super Bowl or just betting on the spread in general when it's three points like this, just bet the team that you think is going to win. And that's the best bet. So going with Kansas City, that's a great, great thing there. I have a well, question. about. I thought that was, did I send you the tweet about that? No, you didn't. I have a, I have a stat for that. For you. So okay. the winning, winning team in the Super Bowl has gone 46, six and two against the spread, meaning they basically it's that's 88% of the time. So basically if you like the chiefs, just take the spread. And if you like the Bucks, just take the money line since it will give more money for each. Don't worry about just getting the, the, the spread for the Bucks. You because like you said, basically if the winner is going to cover the spread each time. That's really cool. I didn't realize it was eighty eight percent of the time. Yep, it's incredible. One question I have: so Mitchell Schwartz is out, right? I yep. thought I 
Eric Fisher was potentially going to be out for this game too. I thought he had gotten hurt, but I can't remember exactly. Did I have him mixed up? Let me look up and see if I, – I thought it was Mitchell Schwartz being out. I can't remember. I, I know there's quite a few injuries going on for that Kansas City line, which is probably one of the biggest things that we need to pinpoint in this game. If Pat Mahomes can't be protected, and we've seen his ability to scramble and to do a lot of things, but if whether it's Eric Jure, Schwartz, Dan Kilgore, if all three are then it's going to play a huge, huge role in how much time Pat Mahomes will have in order for Tyree Kill to get downfield and for Travis Kelsey to run his routes because they have kind of relied on on um, time and everything there for them to be able to run their routes to perfection. Um, speaking of Travis Kelsey, we've talked about how he's the best route runner tight end we've ever seen. He's amazing. Uh, he is the same age as Gronk, so it will be kind of cool to see uh, see how they play against each other and and these two older guys. I think they're both 31 or 32 and see who really is the better tight end in the Super Bowl and who comes out. Um, I, I currently have the Buccaneers as the team winning. So obviously going against the spread, the Buccaneers. Um, and why I have the Buccaneers is I watch Tom Brady too much in my life. I can't. I bet against him in the Washington game because I was just hoping Washington would win. But I seriously can't bet against him in this game. It's it's Tom Brady, best Super Bowl quarterback to ever play, the best playoff quarterback to ever play. And yes, he's been on a lot of lucky sides of the breaks. Um, but I just can't bet against Tom here for the Buccaneers. So I'm going with the Buccaneers. So what do you, do you think? I don't think you gave over under. What do you think about the, the over under? I didn't. I did you give your over under? I couldn't remember if you had given your over under. Yeah, I said I said the over will be hit. Okay, I said the over. Also. I'm not stopping now. On, I'm not stopping now on my overs. This I think this is the first week where I've actually felt like I need to go on the over, and it's been the highest point game I feel like. So I I'm smashing the over. I I just feel like it is going to be a a shootout between Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady. So to answer your questions, both Schwartz and Fisher are expected to be out. Fisher will for sure be out because he had a torn Achilles. And Schwartz, um, Andy Reid said he's not optimistic uh, as of Monday that he'd be back. So it looks like they'll be missing most, both of their offensive tackles, which we know that, I mean, Shaq Barrett and Jason Pierre-Paul are menaces on the, on the defensive edge. Um, for Tampa Bay so that could be definitely it it might be an an option for I guess them to just as much as they blitz the outside maybe not let Mahomes get to the outside and scramble as much and and make the magic he happens there so that is a really big point of concern if you're expecting the Chiefs to win Um, I, I I feel like there are definitely so many individual matchups though that there that you can analyze and I, I don't know. I I think the the biggest one just is 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 there anybody in the secondary to cover Tyree Kill or even or even um Travis Kelsey? No, that's that's the toughest part. If Mahomes has any bit of time, this Tampa Bay Buccaneers secondary could be burned for a lot of yards. Yeah, and and I mean we saw the 49ers control the game pretty much the whole game through three quarters, three and a half quarters essentially where they kept it the Chiefs offense in check and then it was like all of a sudden they finally figured the defense out in that last in the fourth quarter and they went on a run there and and scored three straight times so it could be a similar thing like that where Tampa Bay has their number the whole game and then the Chiefs offense finally figures it out and they they're just so explosive and they they ride momentum like no team I've ever watched I feel like as well yeah they they definitely have huge ebbs and flows where one minute you feel like their offense is just like very, very normal and very even sometimes below average. And then they have these moments where they just throw for like 70 yards in two seconds. You know, it's just crazy how how much it fluctuates for their offense. Yeah, it's just. Yeah, they're very explosive. I I'm I feel like there's going to be all the talk is going to be about Brady versus Mahomes. Who do you think actually has the better game between the two? If I was a betting man, I would oh, man, cuz this is tough. I want to I want to kind of point out another injury. 
Pat Mahomes is potentially going to have an injury. You know, I mean, last week he had uh, the ankle and the head with the concussion, or they didn't really come out and say. They said it was concussion protocol, but there was speculation that it was injury um, because his head never actually hit the ground. So if Pat Mahomes doesn't have his two tackles, especially his blindside tackle, and he takes two or three big hits, Pat Mahomes could potentially be playing. Um, Even though he is the more explosive player from quarterback position right now, I don't know. Like, I'm I'm torn whether I, – I, I have to go with Brady. Dude, I watched Brady too many years. I, <laughs> I, I, That's what I was trying to get out of you. I know he's not, like, the best quarterback – currently and I know a lot of times he's been on like I said he's been on the the right side of these big breaks but I just can't bet against Brady so I gotta go Brady you know people as much as people have been talking about the Chiefs weapons the Bucks weapons there's if not more of them they may not all be as dynamic as the Chiefs but there's definitely more weapons available to use and I, I saw a report this week that Brady was having – he's been, like, isolated for, like, 12 days now, which is obviously the most he's he, – he said he's had to prepare for any Super Bowl ever. So Brady with normal amount of preparation time is, is worrisome, let alone, like, the the mind behind his game is, is obviously what has made him so great as well for so many years. So to give him even more time to prepare is – is very worrisome for a Chiefs defense that is is good at times, especially in the playoffs. They really step their game up um, at every position, but they are still the same old Chiefs defense. They still have holes in there. It's not the same talent as there is on offense. So I'm just glad we have a matchup that it doesn't feel like we're just we should expect a complete blowout. That's yeah. It, it doesn't feel like it's going to be a complete blowout. It feels like it's going to be a shootout. And it's just going to be high scoring, but it doesn't feel like the Chiefs are going to win 40 to 22 or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. I have a question for you about not this year's Super Bowl, but next year's Super Bowl. Since since we're on the topic of Super Bowl, who do you think, just looking at teams right now, obviously it's way too early of a pick. This year's Super Bowl hasn't been played. Free agency and the draft haven't been played. But if you had to pick... You're trying to get my my early preseason Super Bowl matchup before the Super Bowl even yes. exists. Yes. Who is your 2022 Super Bowl matchup? <laughs> I I have no idea. I would go with someone between the the Chiefs and the Bills out of the AFC, and I would probably go with the the 49ers because I think they'll be back and healthy. Okay, I like that. See, I was trying to get you to say the 49ers were going to be. <laughs> Uh oh, I I don't want to jinx them, but I feel like if they're healthy, yeah. I mean, they had. I don't think any 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 other NFC team is is dominant enough for them to hang with. So, like they would they would blow out the Packers as well at full strength, and the Packers pretty much ran the uh, the NFC this year. Well, and and here's the thing about a lot of these NFC teams that were the best teams this year: Rodgers to be thirty eight or thirty nine. Brady's going to be 43 or 44. Drew Brees is retiring. Like that just leaves the field kind of wide open because all these old quarterbacks in the NFC are getting older or leaving the NFL. And so that will leave uh, opportunities open for some other teams um, like the Rams, like the 49ers who were just in the Super Bowl last year, you know, and, and just because of injuries, they had a rough year, but uh, there's so many teams that from the NFC that I could see coming. Whereas from the AFC, I really only see, I see three potential teams and it's just based on what the Ravens do in free agency, but the Ravens chiefs and bills are really the, the only three teams I could see even contending for a Super Bowl right now. Yeah, I agree with you on that. But like you said, there's still so much, I mean, we still have the draft to happen. We still have all free agency, we still have trades. So. Yeah. I, I would say the NFC, the Rams are should probably be the the favorite, but we'll get to that later. Do you think any team from the NFC East has a shot? Just shoot already. No, I don't even I don't even care about discussing the <laughs> NFC East. 
they get enough they get enough coverage and uh speculation and talk from people already i don't want to talk about that crappy division oh good yeah i think the nfc is wide open next year that's that's kind of why i wanted to bring that up is just to kind of highlight the buccaneers if tom brady doesn't come back this year or gronk or you know antonio brown leaves or whatever could happen like there's a lot of things they might not even be in the playoffs next year uh, yeah who knows I mean, Godwin isn't even re-signed for him either. Yeah, so. there's there's so many things. The NFC is going to be wide open next year. Um, do you have any other things to touch on the Super Bowl before we move on? No, I was just going to cover the prop bets if you still want oh, to do yeah, that. Oh, yeah, of course. I forgot about those. Let's hear your prop bets. All right, so here's I'll start with the uh, the player prop bets. I just have five of those and then some some random fun ones to to cover really quick we'll just go over them really quickly you you should just give me your your quick hitter uh instant reaction on what you think will happen okay okay, okay so first one is tom brady over under 0.5 rushing yards over <laughs> okay watch out for the kneel don't don't let him kneel on you and he'll get he'll get he under five right? um, yeah 0.5 over. okay over play <laughs> playoff Lenny over under 23 and a half receiving yards oh under ah okay okay Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey combined touchdowns over under two and a half over yeah I was gonna say over two Hill had three alone in that first game so yeah. and I, I don't think there's been a game I think 10 of the games they both had a touchdown so uh, okay, Patrick Mahomes over under 28 completions. Over. Yeah, he had 37 in the first matchup, so that's, I would say that's a pretty good good gamble. I bet he, Gronk reception. Oh, go for I it. I bet he throws in this game, to be 100% honest. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know about 60, but I, I could see at least 45 to 50 for sure. Yeah. Okay, next one. Okay, Gronk receptions over under one and a half. Oh. <laughs> over. Both for touchdowns. Man, you are an overkiller this game. Other than playoff Lenny, you're still doubting playoff Lenny. I'm still doubting. Man, Gronk. So Gronk had six receptions in that first matchup. Obviously hasn't um, – I guess had the same impact on the offense since then, but look at you hitting. You're an over, uh, you're an over man these days. I think Gronk's going to have two catches. Let me just explain myself. Two catches, both for touchdowns and probably, probably seven yards total in his receiving yards. So (laughs) that would be a backbreaker. Man, that, I can see it happening though. It, that seems it seems like some classic. If the Bucks are to win, it's going to be some classic Brady Gronk storyline. It just seems like inevitable. Have you heard the stat about Tom Brady versus Jake Delhomme's touchdown yards in the Super Bowl? No, I so haven't. I, I don't know the exact stat, but uh, Jake Delhomme has thrown three touchdowns in the Super Bowl. And I think his total yards on those touchdowns was like 138 yards or something like that. And Tom, wow, it was just in that one game, right? They only played one game versus the I Patriots. I thought they played two, but maybe it was only the one. I can't remember. So it might have been the one. Yeah. Um, and then Brady has something like 38 touchdowns. I I don't remember exactly how many in the Super Bowl, and he has like 130 yards total on those touchdowns. Wow, that is a wild stat. He Jake Delhomme was just throwing bombs to Steve Smith back to the Panthers back in the day. Huh? Big shout out to, I guess to uh, Jake Delhomme, but Steve Smith, a Utah University of Utah alum, man, a big shout out to him. And there you go, the Panthers back in the day. Man, we gotta get Jake Delhomme on the podcast to to talk about that stat. He's got to be a. a Brady, I don't even know how that's possible, but that's that's a wild stat. Thanks for bringing that up. That's yeah, cool. I, I thought it was super interesting. I thought it was going to be one that you knew for sure. So I'm glad that I, I snuck a stat inside on you. I like that. No, I haven't seen as many Brady stats as you you tend. I tend to stay away from those. I've seen too many. Oh, okay. Of them. I, 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 <laughs> I those Brady stats. 
Well, if that's all we have for the Super Bowl segment, let's go on to DraftKings. I know a little bit last going to cover the Super Bowl. It's only the one game. It would be so tough to make make these decisions and everything here. But let's talk. I know you wanted to talk a little bit about DraftKings last week and, and what happened there. So let's hear it. Well, I was just going to say how um, I told you last week on the podcast, maybe take Matthew Wolf and the Farmers Insurance Open. I don't, I don't know how he ended up doing. All I know is he ended up in the not top 10. I saw some highlights of him um, just completely duffing a chip. And then on the very next tee, he hit the ball so far out of the bounds, it was on the other side of the chain link fence. So (laughs) hopefully no one took my boy, Matt Wolf. He had a rough weekend. So how'd you do on, how'd you do on the farmer's insurance ones? You know, I did okay. I did about middle of the pack. I took Cameron Champ and every single one of them, and he didn't even make the cut. So uh, that wasn't good. I just, but John Rom, my boy, Johnny Rambo played really well, had a great finish. Um, And so obviously taking Johnny Rambo, I always say take Johnny Rambo. He's, he seems like he's the most consistent player on the tour right now. Dustin Johnson may have the most wins and like the most top three finishes. Johnny Rambo just seems like he's way more consistent and each and every, each and every tournament, you know what you're going to get with him. He just feels like he's hungry always to win and compete. So obviously some of the guys who have already won as much as they have don't don't have as much motivation. But John Rahm is just like just on the prowl for wins every single tournament, it feels like. Oh, yeah. He he always seems like he's thirsting for him. Well, well, I took uh, in my uh, college basketball contests, I I took L's all week long thanks to uh, – <laughs> Thanks to I, I mean I played a couple of different different tournaments and contests, but this this lady I don't even know what a, what her real name is, but the account that I keep getting beat by on every single contest is some chick named Aunt Judy, and she just somehow dominates. It doesn't matter if it's a four person tournament, a twenty person, she's at the top in every single every single tournament. So I don't know how she's she's got to have hacks or something, man. Aunt Judy. If you're listening, we need to know your DraftKings uh, picks. We need to know how you're going about it. We need to hear what you're doing out there. Please, because I my my bankroll on DraftKings is struggling, <laughs> thanks to Aunt Judy. Well, thank you, Aunt Judy, for the struggling payroll. We don't like it, but congrats <laughs> to her. Uh, have you been playing <laughs> basketball? Is that what you've uh, going on this week? Yeah, it's been all college basketball for me. I, I stay away from NBA because you never know what's going to happen and in uh, the NBA each night. I mean, Fred Van Vliet last night hit 11 threes in a game somehow and scored 54 points. So if you didn't have him, you're in trouble. And I would never think to take Fred Van Vliet. So I stay in my realm of college basketball, even though it doesn't work for me very well. Hey, that's okay. Well, we're done with the DraftKings segment. Let's head to a quick little break from our sponsor, and then we'll come back and we'll talk some of the trades in the NFL recently. All right, everybody. Welcome back. Um, we're just going to dive right back in. There's been a, a, a trade that's went on in the NFL. I'm sure everybody's heard about it. It's the Matt Stafford trade. Uh, Scott, I kind of wanted to touch on this. You are our NFC West expert. Matt Stafford <laughs> traded to the Rams. What do you think about this? Who do you think won the trade? And, and kind of shocking that the Rams even went went for this trade, honestly. But But what are your thoughts on this? Well, so I'll just cover what happened with the trade. The Rams ended up giving up Jared Goff, their first round, first overall pick back in 2016. And they also gave up two first round picks and a later third round pick for for just Matt Stafford, which I'm, I mean, he wasn't even one of the teams we listed on our last podcast that would even be reaching out to to get Stafford in the first place. We had no idea that Goff was even on the market. But little did we know he was, and they're shipping that poor little California boy off to the cold Detroit winters. I feel a little bit bad for Jared Goff. It's not like he's – they kind of treat him like he was just dumpster trash. Like, he, he played in the Super Bowl for him in 2018. He has his deficiencies and is, is very much sort of a system quarterback, but I think he still has talent. So I was ultimately, as the NFC West expert here, I was surprised that they were willing to give up that much. But 
we've known the Rams are are not shy about trading first round picks. They traded a, a bunch for for Jalen Ramsey and to to load up. They're clearly trying to capitalize on their window now, and I I think this makes them probably the early favorite um, in the NFC at at least in the NFC West, but for sure in the NFC, just because they have maybe the best defense. They're losing a lot of coaching. Um, they're obviously losing their defensive coordinator um, and some other coaching positions, but the offense can be a little more dynamic. I expect with Stafford, somebody a little bit more talent, but ultimately my, my overall thoughts is I feel like the Rams gave up way more than we thought Stafford was even worse worth and, and maybe more than they needed to. Yeah. That's, that's kind of where my thoughts are. I know, as the Rams, you're expecting those two picks to be later picks in the draft. So it's basically like giving up two second rounders if you're if you're shooting your shot right and making the right choice. But and I had heard that Goff and McVeigh had some struggles together. I know Goff really didn't have a control of the offense in terms of play calling and being able to audible at the line. And McVeigh didn't like that. He wants someone that he can trust and he can really feel like he can open the whole playbook for so I I kind of knew Goff was going to be in some speculation for trades I didn't know he'd be moved this quick and for Stafford that was that was a shock um and for first round picks that's just bonkers to me uh who do you think one oh go ahead I was just gonna say it, was, it seemed bonkers that no other team was really even hard offering their their first overall picks according to reports let alone two that the Rams ended up giving up yeah that's I had heard that Carolina had was maybe willing to part with their eighth pick but that was about it in the trade they weren't willing to give up much more and so yeah I, I don't know I, I mean going back to your question I feel like it all depends on on what happens in the next couple of years. Like if if the Rams end up winning a Super Bowl, they won the trade. But if if the Lions end up being contenders in the next three to five years and actually making the playoffs and and being a relevant team, then they then they can win the trade too. I feel like both can ultimately win the trade, which you don't see a lot of. Um, just whenever big trades like this go down, I feel like just off first first glance though. The, the Lions actually won the trade for me just because they were able to get so much capital back for a player that was already for sure on his way out. Yeah, oh, for sure. I And I, I agree with you. I feel like this is, I don't even want to say which team won the trade because it feels like they both won the trade. It feels like they're both at equal levels now. Like, not not that they're like at equal playing fields, but like Matt Stafford going to the Rams really helped out the Rams, and Goff and Picks going to the Lions really helped out the Lions. Like neither team really lost in this trade for me. No, and that doesn't happen very often. I think they both got what they want. Detroit gets to kind of rebuild. They don't need to take a a, a quarterback in the draft now, um, and can use that to to maybe try to surround Goff. And then they also obviously get more draft capital, and then the Rams get the a quarterback that can take them to the next level that they didn't feel like they had. Another thing about the Rams that we haven't talked about, they also, I think, gained some cap space because of the Goff trade. So Goff's salary was higher, and that's probably one of the kickers is why the Lions got two first-round picks instead of just one or whatever it may have been. Yeah, Goff was, I think, had one of the, if not the biggest contract, um, just at least before Mahomes and Watson's contracts kicks in. Obviously, he's not even really considered a, a surefire top 10 quarterback, so it was kind of outlandish that he had the, the top contract even to begin with. So, And the Rams already are in such, like, their cap situation is a mess, kind of like the Saints, so it was a good thing for them to at least clear some of that space up for a, a better player. Yeah, for sure. Do you have anything else about this trade, or can I move on to some some potential Deshaun Watson trades that I think are outlandish, but I, I definitely want to bring up? No, I'm I'm never uh, I never want to hold you back from getting you letting you talk about your trades. You you know how excited I get when I get on these trades. I get thinking of all these things in my mind, and I just start formulating these wild trades. Um, let let me I'm inside of you. Yeah, it it's. It's crazy, but let me jump into the first trade. It's a four-team trade. 
Um, first off, Watson would go to the Packers. Wow. Okay. So that's that's the first part of the trade. Second part of the okay. trade, the Packers, what they would be giving up, they would send A-Rod to the Niners. Okay. And then the 30th pick and Jordan Love to the Texans. Oh. All so right. they basically get to start over with Watson and maybe Aaron Rodgers is upset and doesn't want to be in Green Bay. So maybe they do this legend, this legendary player for them justice and trade him to a contending team. Yeah. Um, the Niners at that point give up the 12th pick in 2021 and they give up um, in 2022 their first and second round picks, which if you have Aaron Rod or Aaron Rodgers, you're thinking you're going to have the 30th, 31st, 32nd pick at that point. And they send all those to the Texans. And then they send Jimmy G to the Patriots. Oh. And then the and what do the Patriots give up? And then the Patriots send a second round pick in return to the Niners. Okay. So they basically reflip the trade for Jimmy G originally. Exactly. Okay, so the Texans are getting about four first-round picks then for Watson? The Texans get four four firsts, or three firsts, uh, one second, and Jordan Love for Watson. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a, a pretty big haul. Obviously, I don't know how teams value Jordan Love after he didn't really even get to showcase anything this year, but his value couldn't have tanked, I guess, kind of like uh, some quarterbacks do after playing a first year in the league. Um, I was going to say the only team that says no would probably be um, the Texans to begin with, but if they're getting about three or four first round picks from it, that's about what we, we expected. I, I was going to ask, I don't know if you want me to ask about Watson before or after your second trade. Are you, are you just chomping at the bit to already say? No, I'm ready to hear what you have to say. I, I am patiently waiting for my second. <laughs> Okay. Is that the one you're more excited about of the two? That's a that's a loaded trade right there. It's I I think I was more excited about this first run one, so I don't know why I let off with it, but obviously I'm excited when the Patriots get Jimmy G back, the Niners get Aaron Rodgers, which at this point, like Aaron Rodgers is one of the best quarterbacks in the league, like around that defense and that offense could be very helpful and the Packers get a basic restart with Matt LaFleur and Deshaun Watson. So I I think I was more excited about this trade than I am the next, but Yeah, I, I mean, I was going to say, as a Niners fan, I feel like if we're giving up, uh, you said three first-round picks, I would really want it to be for Watson, just because I don't know how much time I have left with Aaron Rodgers, and I don't want to I don't know, I don't want to sacrifice the, the, the draft capital I, I maybe I value first round picks too it much would, but it would only be two first round picks and it would be this year and next year's and then the second round pick in next year's draft okay yeah I mean that that sounds worth it for a guy that maybe can give you a shot at a Super Bowl the next three or four years so um I was just going to ask do we think teams need to overpay or underpay now to get Watson after the the Stafford trade, where do we see his, his value at? Do we think they can give up less first round picks now that, that, I mean, they won't, they'll give up more than, than two for, to, to get Watson, but do we think it'll be less than we originally thought now that the Stafford trade has, has happened? I just, I don't think the Texans are in a super good spot to trade him. Like if Watson didn't come out and say he wanted to be traded and they like, kind of had that back door and and he wasn't known to be wanting to get out of Houston. I feel like they'd be in a better spot to get four or five first round picks. But just with this, like if if a team comes calling with like where you can get four picks or three picks and a potential player, like you might just have to take it. Yeah, I, I agree. I feel like there's, I don't know. I, I feel like he's kind of, shown his cards and basically said no matter what I'm gonna I'm gonna want to leave um so I don't know what any any sort of leverage they have going on to this point anyway that was just the question I had after the the staff trade since there was a lot of a lot of talk about that what does this mean for Watson now I want to hear your second one though now 
I, you know, looking at it, I'm now not as excited as I was. I oh, made it last. You lost confidence. I made it last night, and I was so like excited because it's just a bunch of teams, and it's actually my least favorite one because I wouldn't like the teams that are getting these players. But let me. Is this a 32 team? I trade? wish that would be for real. <laughs> it's actually a 16 team trade. Um, so it's another. 40... <laughs> It's another four-team trade because I see Watson, you know, most teams aren't willing to get rid of three first-round picks and a play. If you bring in some other teams to try to get this going on, then then maybe you can get it to work. But I see the Texans dishing Watson to the Dolphins. The Dolphins then send Tua and a fourth-round pick to the Jets. Um, okay. They also give up their 2021 firsts, so the 3rd and 18th, and a 2022 first to Watson. So they get three first-round picks to the Texans. Okay. Um, The Jets send Darnold to the Steelers. And then the Steelers send a first to the Jets and a fourth to the Texans. First to the Jets, okay. So Darnold's getting traded for a first-rounder. And, and a fourth, essentially, for a kicker to the Tech. Yeah. Um, the, yeah. I don't like this trade as much. I th- Why I kind of started coming up with it, because I wanted the Dolphins to get Watson, because that's a win-now team. If you have a win-now team, I think you're trying to get Watson. I don't think you're trying to get Watson if you're in a rebuilding situation. Um, especially just because of injuries and everything going on. But the Dolphins are a win-now team with a good defense, and they're able to move on from Tua and really not even look back on it and say, hey, like, we had this guy, whatever, like, we gave him his shot. You know, so it's you're willing to move on past Tua to get your guy who you know what you're getting from him. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like the reason you don't like that one as much is because you're scared about having Deshaun Watson in the AFC East for the next 10 to 15 years. Right? Well, so I'm scared of, obviously, Josh Allen in the AFC East, Deshaun Watson <laughs> if he came, and then if Tua really flourished in New York, that's Tua at the Jets. You know, that's potentially three great quarterbacks playing in the AFC East, and that's probably why I don't like this one as much. <laughs> yeah, there, there you go and you get Darnold out of the AFC so it's just all the the elements combining against you you'd finally know what it's like to have the worst quarterback in the division for first time in 20 something years I guess you may well no, I'd still take Newton over Darnold this past year but um, I definitely like the first one a little bit more just because like you said our, our teams are involved in it a little bit and I, I think there's um I think I don't know if I I can say one is more realistic than the other though. I don't know what what do you think about that? I think they're both unrealistic. Yeah, but do you think like one is more likely to happen? I I don't know cuz I I came up with these trades thinking of kickers like Aaron Rodgers might be upset at Matt LaFleur for going for the field goal rather than the touchdown and not giving him yeah. a shot. And then I also went with the the Dolphins because maybe there's been a lot of speculation that the players don't like Tua and they thought he was brought on a little too quick as the starting quarterback. And so I kind of wanted to move on past him. So that's that's kind of why I made these trades is because I've heard some speculation about mm-hmm. these players. Um, if there was one that was more realistic, I would honestly see the Watson to the Packers trade being the most realistic. Um, just because A-Rod could still bring in a haul as a 38-year-old quarterback and Watson could be the new piece in Green Bay and be there for 15 years, like how they like, how they've had Bart Starr, Brett Favre, uh, and Aaron Rodgers. Between those three quarterbacks, I think they've had like 50 years of, of them quarterbacking the team or something like that, so... Yeah, I think they deserved to have to roll with Jordan Love here at some point just because they've been way too spoiled. I mean, the Niners obviously had their years of Joe Montana and Steve Young, and then ever since then we've been pretty much running out a uh, a rock <laughs> at quarterback, the same talent as a rock, because there's just been 
I don't know. I think they. Did. I think Packers fans don't deserve to get Watson personally, but maybe that's just my my biased opinion. I also feel like they would be very. Uh, it would be a very questionable decision to move on from a guy like Rodgers, who's given so much to their their franchise and and really hasn't complained or done done much. Like I guess like diva like. Um, I don't know what you want to call it, but he hasn't, he just hasn't been a diva when he's kind of, he hasn't been treated super well. They haven't s- surrounded him with many weapons while he's been there. I mean, they, they lucked into the Devonte Adams thing working out he was a late pick and he ended up being great. And I don't know, they have, they just haven't like spent much capital or spent much money to actually get him the, the all-star players. I think that they could have surrounded him with. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and, that's where it will come down to Aaron Rodgers for this trade. Will he want to stay in Green Bay or will he request to leave? And which if I was the Packers, I would 100% do whatever Aaron Rodgers wanted you to do. Yeah, absolutely. Just he's he's a club legend. He came in and he replaced Brett Favre and played at a very high level for so many years and like he would just be such a great like just to do him justice. Just do whatever he wants to do. I think that's where the kicker is with this trade. Yeah, I was going to say that's probably the most unrealistic thing for me personally is just out of both trades is is them moving on from Rodgers and him being ready to go. But, I mean, hey, the 49ers would be getting Aaron Rodgers 15 years too late and they had a chance to get him. I, I wouldn't complain about him getting him later. He is a Cali boy. Yeah, he he's all – all of the best quarterbacks grow up 49ers fans, I swear, man. Brady, Josh Allen, and Rodgers, all, all 49ers fans, and we got none of them. <laughs> well, you just didn't the draft. Anyway. You didn't the 49ers took Alex Smith, which I don't Oh, believe me, I, I remember I don't think that was the wrong pick at the time. But like obviously hindsight's 2020. Looking back, you're like, man, we could have had Aaron Rodgers. But Alex Smith as a college quarterback was a great college quarterback. He controlled the offense. He did a lot of great things. He he went to the national championship with Utah. And, but hindsight's 2020, and you know, Aaron Rodgers is obviously the better quarterback than Alex Smith. Yeah, that's 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 a debate I've had many, many times in my life. And definitely something that still haunts me. So I won't go back down that road personally. (laughs) Well, that's good. Well, I'm done with my Deshaun Watson trades. I got all hyped up over that second one. I shouldn't have been so excited about it. After all, it was between the Jets and the Dolphins. I should not have even thought of that, but. (laughs) Well, I think they're, I think they're good. I always love hearing a good, a good trade offer from you that you've formulated somehow. So hopefully I mean, I don't know if we expect Watson to get traded within the within the week, probably maybe later on after the Super Bowl, but maybe we'll get some some news news breaking this week. Who I would knows? love to see that. And just so you know, I have started formulating some other trades, not with quarterbacks. And let me let me just hint one out. Ezekiel Elliott is one guy that I have in a potential trade. Oh man, I would you couldn't pay me to take Ezekiel Elliott in a trade. Don't yeah, I don't. I would not want to take him on. Well, we'll see. We'll see what... huge con, huge contract. So many things worry me about Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, it's the contract that's the kicker in all these that I'm having a trouble, a troubled time with. <laughs> and the fumbling issues, and Tony Pollard maybe being better than him. Who knows? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's more the contract for me. Yeah. Well. Let's move on. Let's finish out the day. We have the big three up. I've heard you've got a couple great questions going for us. I'm excited to hear what you have. Okay, let's start with my uh, first one. I've got a couple of Super Bowl big three, um, I guess, topics to discuss. The first one I wanted to do was Super Bowl what ifs. So I don't know if you want to go, if you want me to go first and run through all three, how would you like the, the, the format to be? Let's go every other and you can start this one. Okay. Okay. So my, probably my first big, what if is um, that Adam Vinatieri back in, it was a 2001. If he misses that kick versus the Rams and doesn't give Tom Brady that first Super Bowl, 
that one that one definitely seemed like the the base one to me does do, do the patriots end up winning as many super bowls still as they did um does that affect tom brady's legacy are they as much of a dynasty i don't know what are your thoughts about that as a patriots fan i i think there's something here we need to talk about and that's tom brady came in to replace drew bledsoe who was the highest paid quarterback at the time yeah if tom brady because Bledsoe had gotten injured, right? Yes, correct. And if Brady doesn't win that Super Bowl, we might be talking about Bledsoe leading those Patriot teams rather than Brady. And Brady, who knows where he ends up? Yeah, Brady might not ever even get a chance. Correct. Again. We might not have ever seen the best quarterback to ever live in the playoffs really play because Bledsoe was the highest paid quarterback. And if Brady wasn't able to get it done, even be great defense and behind Vinatieri's leg and everything. If he wasn't able to get it done, why wouldn't you go back to your your veteran quarterback who you've paid the most money, who's been great for you? He really got you to the AFC Championship, and that's where he got hurt. Like, why wouldn't you go back to him? Yeah, I know I, that that one. There's just so many things within history that could have been changed. So I was I was definitely kind of haunted by that with how many. Uh, Super Bowls that may not have been won by the Patriots. Are are all picks going to be anyway, Patriots stuff? That was my, That's my question. Are all yeah. my what ifs? Okay. No, so, no, no. I have I, two more. I probably have. Most of mine will be Patriots. My biggest what okay. if? What if David Tyree didn't have Stickum on his helmet and make that catch? <laughs> <laughs> you mean the greatest catch in Super Bowl history? And then get cut three months later from the team. <laughs> <laughs> and never make a catch ever yes. again. Dude, I mean, I don't know. It wasn't it like third and ten. I don't even remember. It wasn't like the end of it wasn't the last down, so they still had a chance to get it. But the the play the part that doesn't get talked enough about that play is is Eli Manning looking like Michael Vick running. That's around what the I pocket, was just dude. about to say. The whole play, uh, I can't remember the down and the yardage, but it, it was definitely third and long or fourth and long. Eli Manning scrambling around in the pocket, almost gets sacked, breaks off a tackle, just throws it about 100 yards in the air. And then <laughs> with Rodney Harrison punching the ball and punching him, it looked like he was maybe even punching him in the gut, but somehow holds on to the ball on top of his head. He had to have Stickham on his helmet, man. I'm still convinced about that. Ruined a perfect season from the Patriot Patriots. Never gave Randy Moss his ring. You know, there's so many things that happened because of that one catch. David Tyree became a, a legend no one ever uh no one ever talks about ever again, other than Patriots fans being sad about the one Super Bowl they didn't get to win. Well, I guess it was two, but, but yeah, that was, that was definitely a big what if just because for me, it just, it ruined the perfect season for him, which now Dolphins fans still forever have the claim to. It's the only team. Sucks. Yeah. Too bad. You guys only won six Super Bowls in the last 20 years. I don't know how you, I don't know how you move on from David Tyree. Yeah, but we can't, we haven't been able to. All right. Well, my second one is is a personal one. Um, it's so the 49ers come back in in 2012. They come back versus the Ravens. They were down at halftime big. Um, the power goes out or whatever, and they make that huge comeback to to pretty much have a chance to win the game at the end. They drive all the way down. They have the ball inside the five first and first and goal. And they don't give the ball to Frank Gore, the legend, the third overall rushing yard leader in the entire NFL. One time. They don't give it to him one time inside the five. They throw like four fades to Michael (laughs) Crabtree. P.I. doesn't get called once on it, even though he was getting held the whole time. You can tell I'm still bitter about it. So what if Frank Gore at least scores inside the five for him? The 49ers win the Super Bowl. And Colin Kaepernick, instead of being talked about, as a civil rights leader is then talked about as a Super Bowl champ and essentially like has a career for the rest of his life as an NFL quarterback because he won yeah, the that's, Super Bowl. That's a huge topic. Cause then Alex came back next season yeah. and they kind of had that quarterback battle. But I, I think Cap 
No, they still they still ran the they still ran it with with Kaepernick. They they didn't ever Smith never took no, a snap but for but they game. did have like the oh should we go with Smith should we go with Cap and Cap did end up winning the quarterback job. Yeah, that's a yeah that's a huge thing there. I mean, I think ultimately quarterback talent continues on. I don't think just because he won a Super Bowl he would have a job. I mean, we've seen it like with Nick Foles who won a Super Bowl and he he doesn't necessarily have a job locked down. So who knows? But but that could have been the complete turning point in Kaepernick's career to actually like I don't know continue and su- to sustain success for them and like have the 49ers actually hold on to him longer than they did. Who knows? I mean, obviously there would have been. I mean, the whole kneeling thing might have never happened. It it could be a totally different atmosphere around Colin Kaepernick's name for sure. Yeah, there's so many consequences. I thought from that more more than more important than any of them was that little scott would be a lot more happy about his 49ers fandom yeah i I could see you being upset at the tv right there just getting so upset that frank gore is not rushing and little scott just being so upset i would love to to review that and see some film on that oh i there was so much wailing going on it was it was terrible um well let me dive into my second so Okay. You were just talking about Nick Foles. My whole the Eagles Super Bowl, what if? What if Carson Wentz doesn't get hurt? What if the Eagles keep Nick Foles as their starting quarterback and move on from Carson Wentz at that time? And what if Nick Foles drops the catch? <laughs> the Philly special. <laughs> I mean, that was only the, yeah, that's true. That was, I mean, it was the end of the, the second quarter and it was definitely probably the biggest play of the game. Um, I still think they could have won, but, but yeah, who knows? I, my thing is Carson Wentz was injured. Nick Foles led you to a Super Bowl, and they were just willing to move on from Nick Foles that next season. Just okay. You're, you're gone. Like it, it was almost like what Brady had done with Drew Bledsoe, obviously with Bledsoe. Yeah. I was just about to compare it to that when you were talking about it. It reminded it, it was like it was like Nick Foles, except they just I think they saw Brady had a little more talent in them and we've seen Nick Foles isn't as uh it's it, I don't know. Isn't it's a it? tough call because Foles was Foles it. was a veteran. It wasn't like Foles was a rookie and Carson Wentz was a veteran. Um but I don't know. It it just seems like maybe the Eagles made the wrong choice because they're already talking about moving on from Carson Wentz. Like, what if at the time they were able to keep Nick Foles, move on from Carson Wentz, and get draft capital or players? Like, could we have seen the Eagles maybe becoming one of the best teams in the league at that point? Who knows? Yeah, I, I, I totally feel you. I, I, I think it. I don't know that I, I don't ever. I didn't see Nick Foles being like the answer for them as, as sort of a long term thing. I mean, I, I would have made the same decision as they did since. Wentz was pretty much coming off an MVP year and Foles kind of had just that Joe Flacco run where he all of a sudden just explodes in the Super Bowl and play in the playoffs and plays really well. So I don't blame them for the decision they make, but yeah, it, it is a, it is a huge thing to consider whether or not if Wentz gets. Yeah. Or not. Oh yeah. Well, let's hear your third one. All right. Well, one my, my third one was I've been debating about back-to-back, Super Bowls, but um, the the snap going over Peyton Manning's head in that Broncos Seahawks game, the very first play of the game, I believe, um, pretty much set the tone for that forty-three to eight Super Bowl. I think the Seahawks were the better better team, but I mean Peyton Manning was coming off like the best offensive year we'd ever seen. I really think that play just totally. I don't know, just totally set the tone of the game and totally didn't didn't allow the Broncos to come back from that. I wonder if the Seahawks ever would have even won a Super Bowl because obviously we had that huge Malcolm Butler interception the very next year um, that took the Super Bowl away from him. I, I don't know. I mean, I feel like the game would go very different if the Broncos could have gone down and at least sustained somewhat of a drive rather than just give the Seahawks a, a touchdown right yeah, after that. that. I mean, obviously, that's a huge game changer. We saw it with the Steelers and Browns this year, too, just in the playoffs. Like, 
when you can have your totally. defense really putting the offense on their heels, it's it's so tough to come back from. Totally. And it's just like a big mental barrier you have to hop Exactly. Over. Well, let me give my third one. Um, and it's, I yeah. know you said moments, but I've only gone to like games because I, I see games as game changing. What, what if yeah. the Bears would have beat the Colts? I think it was the 2007 Super Bowl where Devin Hester returned the uh, kickoff for a touchdown, put the Colts instantly behind. Would yep. Peyton Manning have left Indianapolis earlier? Would Rex Grossman would have stayed at the uh, quarterback for the Bears? <laughs> I would love to live in an alternate universe. Mostly, because mo- you know I bag on Rex Grossman, but mostly what would have happened with Peyton Manning and Peyton Manning's legacy? Would he even be considered a top three quarterback if he didn't get that Super Bowl with the Colts with Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne, Dallas Clark, Jeff Saturday, Dwight Freeney, uh Bob Sanders. There was just so many players on there. Austin <laughs> Colley. Oh, he I was going to say, he was Austin Colley there? But, you know, there were so many great players. Would Peyton Manning's reputation be tarnished if he didn't win that Super Bowl? I think there would be less um, less consideration for him being in the discussion. I still think, like, the stats he put up throughout his career, it, it – it, leads him to obviously being a hall of fame quarterback and in the discussion, but yeah, he never, he, he never could just for, for winning two Super Bowls, He really wasn't responsible for the second one at all with the Broncos that they won in, uh, in 2015. But yeah, I mean, it would be, I would, <laughs> I wonder if he would ever even leave. Like he said, maybe he would just continue the rest of his career trying to, to win that, one with Indy. And that's the biggest, what if for me, like what if Peyton Manning never won that first Super Bowl? Who knows? Yeah, and we we get to see Rex Grossman just living his days out as a super. No, oh, they'd probably give the the MVP to Devin Esther or something, but yeah, they wouldn't allow him to give it to. They wouldn't allow him to give him to uh <laughs> to no, Grossman. That would have never happened. But also, like on the flip side, would the Broncos have gone with Osweiler at that point? I don't know. Like it could be a totally different league just off that one game. That's the crazy thing about sports, and I think the point we were trying to make with the this, this segment is that just s- things like the smallest little events have the biggest consequences, it feels like. It's, it's just so bonkers. I, I don't know. It's, it's something that's really thought-provoking, so thank you for bringing that question into the big three today. And I got you in your feels a it little did. bit there. It did. Just, just cherish your blessings as a Patriots fans. All of the the what ifs that seem to went your way, other than David. Oh uh, yeah. Oh well, I know. And you know, <laughs> I I feel like the Patriots are maybe going to have a down 10, 15, 20, 60 years. I don't know, but I'm still going to back them through it all and be so grateful for what what time I lived in for sure. Totally. What if the the refs called a. Uh a hold on Nick Bosa on the third and 15 play to Tyree kill. You never know. <laughs> Sorry, you I, had I to, you're a 49ers guy. Well, do you have any closing remarks before we end today? No, I just want to give two more quick prop bets to bet on in case you're, uh, in case you're fiending for some. <laughs> so, the the first one's how many commercials will have a dog during the Super Bowl? The over under is three and a half. I don't know. I think companies are are taking advantage of dogs recently. I I say that's a over lock for me. And then uh, how many times will there be um, commercials shown with people wearing masks? Over under two and a half. Wow. So is the dogs one just a dog being in the commercial at all, or being the main focus of the commercial? No, just oh, dog I'll, at all. I'll smash the over three and a half there. Yeah, that feels yeah. like free money, doesn't it? Uh, the... So does the masks one. Masks honestly. at two and a half. Yeah, they've got to smash the over on masks at two and a half. How many times will Giselle be shown? That's my last one for you. Over under one and a half. I mean, if they win, if the Bucks win, she's getting shown at least twice. I bet they. I bet they show Tom Brady's family, so they'll show Giselle at that point, but they'll highlight. Oh, Brady's son. Oh, this. I bet it's over. You said one and a half or two and a half? 
Oh yeah, I'm smashing the over on that one. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there's no other fans to show in the stands. Of course they're going to show. They're not going to show Mahomes' annoying fiance and little brother. Smash the one and a half on that. Those all feel like locks. So one of them's going to come back and bite us, but I'll take that. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, there's just a lot lot to look forward to. Super Bowl week's always fun, regardless of the teams playing in it. And we have uh, we have two good teams playing. I'm, so excited I'm excited too. We'll catch ourselves back here. Uh, as always, fans, thanks you, thank you for listening. Thank you for being so loyal to us and and everything. We really appreciate everything. We'd love to hear your feedback if if there is anything you have. But thank you so much just for listening. We really appreciate it. Appreciate it. It's always fun to to get together on oh, Wednesdays. Best part Over of the week. And out.